Welcome to the GlobalTQM.com podcast, where we teach e-commerce business owners how to source the best products from China, negotiate with Chinese manufacturers, navigate Chinese business culture, and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. David Hoffman is the founder and CEO of GlobalTQM.com, your team on the ground in China. With over 25 years of experience doing business in China, David and his team at GlobalTQM.com have the know-how and experience to overcome any challenge you'll face sourcing and manufacturing in China. Guys, I apologize for the quality of the audio in my podcast. Um, I was driving and you know the issue came to mind and I thought I really want to share it with you. So just bear with me. We're going to switch over to the podcast. There is a lot of background noise and some clicking. But I know it might be a bit irritating, but you can hear me and just focus on the story and information. And um, I promise I won't do that again. Enjoy the podcast. So here's here's a little story I want to share with you. Um, and this is actually a true story. It happened to us the other week. So we've got this manufacturer and the manufacturer is um, dealing with him probably for five, six years now. They manufacture ceiling fans for us. So what happened is normally our payment terms with them is we pay a deposit and then we pay the balance, um, you know, when the after the goods are inspected, just before they ship, we pay the balance and then they ship the goods out. So of course we placed another big order with these guys and like normal, we paid the deposit and, and you know, as the shipment's going, we start getting this communication through from the factory. Actually, our office never got the communication. One of our clients, their office was getting the communication. They pay the supplier directly. Um, and what happened was the supplier started emailing them to say, um, please note our payment details have been updated and our bank details have changed. Um, and, you know, you need to remit the money to our new bank account. So, of course, the guys had a few exchanges of emails up and down. And correctly, what they did was they said, okay, um, well, update the PR, the performer invoice, put the new bank details in the performer invoice, which is really a, a good thing to do in theory, and send that through and we'll remit the payment. Now, they didn't suspect anything was wrong because all the communication was actually coming from the normal person that they liaise with and they've been liaising with for a long time. So it just didn't seem... Um, Odd, although some alarm bells did go off and oh, how come all of a sudden they're changing the bank account details? Interestingly enough, the original bank account was a Hong Kong bank account and this was now a UK bank account. So anyway, long story short, the amount was 30,000 US dollars, which was paid to the UK bank account. And of course, from there, we've been following up with the shipment documents, what's happening with the release of the container and it just started getting awfully odd and awfully suspicious and that's when the um our, our staff actually called the the sales lady at the factory and said to her you know what's going on and she just had zero idea of the fact that we had paid about this change of bank account and she just thought she was waiting for payment she had absolutely no clue what was going on and her response was very simply when are you going to pay and we'll ship the goods out so you can imagine um, the surprise um, that happened. So, of course, that 
created a whole um, stir of emails, conversations, communication, you know, us going up and down to the factory, talking to the sales lady, the boss, and they absolutely 100% denying that this payment was made, and we started showing them all the communication and all the correspondence up and down, and she just looked at it and said, this isn't us, this isn't our bank account, we never sent these emails, and so on and so on and so on. So, of course, you know, in a bit of a catch-22, what do we do? You know, our initial reaction was they're defrauding us, they're tricking us, they, you know, there's something wrong. You know, but it actually got to a point where they even went to the police station to report the issue to, you know, prove to us that this is not them and that there's some kind of fraud going on. So, long investigation, discussions up and down, trying to resolve the matter. Of course, while we try to resolve the matter, you must remember the goods aren't shipping. So we've got this whole delay because they refuse to ship the goods. Uh, you know, we're not willing to pay the money um, again, you know, until we can recover our money. Of course, we start launching investigations with the bank to find out what's going on. They're not being very helpful. And, you know, this is just really an absolute disaster. It's 30,000 US dollars down the drain plus stock that we just can't get out. So what ended up happening, and this kind of came out after about a week, two weeks of communicating over this matter, was it turns out that the factory actually had some internal fraud, and they had found that one of their people from their IT department had an admin login, logged into their email server, set some forwarding rules on the mails and searching for keywords. So what was happening is every time, you know, us or our customer replying to the mails, these people were getting them forwarded automatically and then sending a reply, spoofing the email address. So the sales lady wasn't getting any of this communication and because I was picking up that keyword with the mail rules and then we were getting all the communication and so on that communication, it was going up and down between us, our customer and the, the person pulling the fraud. So... Um, yeah, it turns out that that whole thing was a fraud and that, the, you know, we sent the money to a UK company and, you know, absolute disaster. Now, you know, that's, the issue is actually still going on, interestingly enough, so it hasn't been resolved and settled yet. But these are the kind of things that we, we're discussing and I am going to give you a conclusion at the end of this of, of what I think, what should have been done and what should always be done and how easy I think this could have been to avoid um, but where we stand right now is you know we're trying to settle this 50-50 with the factory um, you know they're saying it's not their fault it's fraud they basically don't have money for the goods and they can't ship out which we kind of understand but at the same time you know we're saying well you had fraud in your company you need to be responsible for what goes in your company we've paid the money and you know it's not reasonable to just not ship the goods you know they need it quite desperately um, and we, we we offered a compromise we said look we'll pay 50% you bear 50% let's write this off as um, a bad experience and school fees and you know unfortunately you know I don't know whether it's Chinese culture or whether it's just a business business ethic of um, that particular manufacturer they just don't see that they should be suffering any loss at all it's not their fault and they don't see how somebody committing fraud 
whether it's in their organization or not is their responsibility that's another whole issue I should go into at some point but I don't know what the answer is so as of now the goods haven't shipped we're trying to appeal to them and reason with them um, we haven't gone the legal route because we think this is kind of a commercial issue and I think legal is going to be expensive and timely and the reality is we need those goods to ship I think the truth be told ultimately what's going to happen is we're going to end up having to pay again get those goods released and be a lot smarter going forward and you know the factory is going to hopefully compensate us on future orders over time but you know I guess some of the takeaways out of this that I want to share with you is ultimately as the buyer you uh, I mean we just feel and you'll feel the same in, in different scenarios you always feel like the loser um, you pay for goods you order goods you try to do everything on time and no matter what the problems and obstacles are that get thrown up you always end up paying or you don't get your goods there's always this kind of leverage on you that while we're just not going to ship the goods and that's really why one of the reasons I really recommend LCs is it avoids these types of problems but there is a reality and that is based on the value your banking facilities LCs sometimes just aren't possible and um, you've got to sometimes deal with deposits and balance payments so you know it's it's a case of mitigating risk that's really what it is and you know on reflection I think what should always be done and I'm going to give you kind of the high level checklists and checkpoints now of, of how these things should be dealt with is number one I think any change of bank account details in fact let, let me go a step back any bank account details company details that you get should be formally sent to you in the form of a pro forma invoice or a form that the supplier fills out that they sign and they chop with their company chop now why do I say that because basically when you do your first deals with them these guys do everything properly everything legitimately and it gives you a record of what the signatures on the legal documents are what the signatures on their bank details are what their official bank details are their official company details and their company chops those are kind of the key things that you want to have on record from when you start a business so the important thing is then to control the changes so every time that um, there's a change in a in company name um, or or banking details on invoices or documentation, which happens a lot in China, for reasons we'll we'll, we'll get into another time. But it does it really does happen a lot. Um, you've always got your reference to go back onto. So this is kind of a, a company details form that the supplier chops and signs. It says, "Hey, these are our bank details. These are our company details, and these are, this is official." Or these are communication channels and emails etc in fact we use templates which we share with all our clients um, for doing this um, it is really an important step and then any change that gets made needs to be verified and how do you verify it there's I think there's two important things to do number one is you don't verify information changes by email and you don't always accept information changes by email treat an email really as a notification right they're just telling you informing you you go okay well noted but what I need is I need you to send me through an official company letter on your official company letterhead that's chopped and signed by the owner or the legal representative that says please note the following company details change please note the um, 
following banking details have changed, right? And you want to get that document. And so it's formal, you can have it on file, you can have it on record, right? One document, you don't want to be scrolling through chains and chains of emails for these to, to, to have a trace record or to prove your situation later. You, you then take that document and compare the signatures, the company names, the company chops very carefully to all your previous documents or your initial onboarding documents with these suppliers and make sure it all matches 100%. But the key, key, key ingredient here for me is that any changes like that, and I include changes of quantity, um, prices, banking details, company names of any kind, um, I would always make a call as well. So call up the supplier on your normal communication channel, not email. We've already seen from our scenario how email can be um, tricked or hacked. I think there are chat platforms, you know, where the, guy, the guys are using WeChat or Skype. Those are helpful. You can check through there too. But regardless of those communication channels, it's very important to pick up the phone and call the supplier. Now, if you're dealing with Susie at the factory, you always want Susie to be the one that says, yes, I've sent this. No, I haven't sent it. You know, um, of course, if Susie is, is involved in it, you know, you, you might have a problem, but at least you'll know with certainty that, you know, she verbally confirmed and that she's actually involved and, you know, there's much less likely of that happening. So get that verbal confirmation with people you know and that you know are familiar with the company. The other thing I would do is try to speak to the boss, right? Try to get the boss to come on the phone, even on a Skype video call and to say, hi, just want to verify that you did in fact send this and this is your company document. And, you know, if he says yes, then that's great. You can go ahead and do it. Um, it's really important. This happens all the time in China and it's very hard to validate and verify things. So I think calling the boss, calling your regular sales rep will help a lot in avoiding these types of issues and making sure that all the changes are done on a formal document that you can compare the details to the previous onboarding details. Now, the more you get upfront from the supplier, the more chance you're gonna have of eliminating risk. So for example, when we onboard a new supplier, we get their company registration certificate, we check that and verify it online, we ask them for their legal representative, we ask them to fill out our form, and we ask them to stamp it and sign it so that we've actually got a record of their legal representative signature. We've got a record of their official company chop or stamp. For those of you who don't know what a chop is, in China and in Hong Kong, they still use stamps, which is a company stamp, which kind of makes it supposedly an official document. Um, although you can copy chops, but it's, 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 it's important to verify that regardless. Um, it, it's an accepted business practice. So, um, yeah, I just want to share the story with you. I think it's really important to be very careful. Have a very clear onboarding. Get the right information up front from the supplier so you can keep it on record. And then any changes must come through in an official format with the official documentation and signatories and verified with a phone call to the sales rep and ideally the boss. So guys, that's the story I want to share with you. I wish, um, I wish there was a better outcome that we recovered our money, we recovered half our money, um, they shipped our goods on good faith while it's under investigation. The simple bottom line is 
the goods won't ship until we pay and we're probably going to take a knock here on this issue um, and hopefully recover something good over time and you know the sad thing is on reflection um, this could have easily 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 been prevented you know no one actually thought of this particular case um, of this type of email fraud or hacking it just never occurred to anyone it just seems so legitimate so reasonable so many years with the supplier so it just goes to show that a discipline of process is critical and phone call verification is just essential in these days and ages so i hope you found that helpful um, if you've got any questions um, any stories you want to share with us that are similar please just email me at support at globaltkm.com we'd love to hear it love to share stories and uh, happy to hear your stories and offer advice where we can um, that's what we do and the whole idea is to make doing business in china easier so we'll see you guys um, soon and the next podcast will be in about two weeks from now take care don't forget that if you want to Talk to us and actually speak to us in person. We've got a link in the show notes where you can go to our calendar, schedule a free session. There's no cost at all for that. And it's um, we talk about your situation, what help you need on the ground in China, and see if any of our services are a good fit for you. Um, and we just love talking to people, so please feel free to do that. No matter what stage you're at on a sourcing journey, the link is in our show notes. And you can also go to our website, globaltkm.com, and just click the schedule a call button. Um, the more we speak to, the happier we are. Thank you for listening to the globaltqm.com podcast. So you don't miss a single episode, remember to subscribe to our show on iTunes. We'd also be very grateful if you'd leave us an honest rating and review. And don't forget to download your free gift, our ebook on China sourcing for startups at globaltqm.com slash gift.